Irma Vep is a French and English HBO miniseries starring Alicia Vikander. The first episode, The Severed Head, was released yesterday, June 6th, and has a runtime of 55 minutes. This is normally where I would brief the premise of the show, but I'm going to need some help understanding just the background. This show, Irma Vep, on HBO is a remaking of the 1996 film Irma Vep, and both are about a made-up American movie star actress who decides to star in a French remake to a real seven-hour film from 1916 called Les Vampires. Well, I'm going to stop you right there because Maggie Chung, who starred in Irma Vep, the 1996 film, she plays herself in the 1996 film so oh. it's not actually like a made-up version for the for the tv show it obviously is but it's she's starring as herself yeah in a made-up remake to the late vampires yeah to the actual movie. film yeah i'm just gonna call it the vampires because i know i'm murdering <laughs> the way that you say it in french but yeah so this is a movie from 1916 that part i got right right yeah and if you can't tell irma vep if you like rearrange the letters spells vampire i had not put that together they, they showed that in the 1996 film otherwise okay. i wouldn't have put it together either okay 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 so the vampires it starred this french film actress called musidora she's also very real as irma vep And the plot was that Irma was this evil muse to a criminal gang who called themselves the vampires, but they weren't really vampires. Right, exactly. And it's also, like you said, Seven Hours, one of the longest films ever made. Yeah, it was actually broken up into parts, and they even called them episodes. Technically, you could say it was like the first miniseries. Yeah, because they they also were saying it here in this TV series where they called it a series, and yeah. I was like, but it's a film, and so I had to like just make sure that Oh, you're didn't. saying that in the HBO Irma Vep TV, TV series. series that they're also making a movie because I thought yeah. they were just making. No, they called it first episode. No, I know exactly. No, but it is a movie. I, I made I made sure about that because I was like, did they change it up from film? See, this is this and... is what made this show so complicated to watch. Well, it's funny that you call the the series complicated because after seeing the film, which is very much avant garde, it starts off like you can genuinely understand it, but as the film goes deeper and deeper and deeper, you realize just how experimental it becomes. Let me ask you: Is it? weirder or is it more complicated than amelie than um amelie Ooh, i'd say that both french films yeah i'd say it's more complicated than amelie because although amelie has very surreal stuff happen in it it still has like a forward plot progression okay and how did the show compare to the movie as far as the plot have we so far seen about one seventh of the uh movie I'd say so. Yeah, it's going to be eight episodes. So they just flushed it out. They made it longer. How long's the movie? The movie like two is, hours. Yeah, it's like an hour forty-five. I think. So well, wow, they must have really like broken this apart. But and... in the same way that like the offer, if you remember when I uh, watched that, I was yes. talking about how if you watch the Godfather first and then you watch the offer and you see kind of the scenes in which Dan Fogelman playing Francis Ford Coppola like has it goes into so much detail and is very serious about the scenes. It was the same thing like there. With here, Irma Vep in the TV series, when you get scenes like when uh, the director, Renee and Mira, first meet and they're yes. talking together, that's very similar. And he calls her hot. <laughs> right, right. It, it, I understood like the full essence of that scene because when you see the film, you understand what happens to the director later on in the, in the series. Yeah, don't give too much away. But I do remember, because you just compared it to the offer, that the biggest um, controversy or criticism that people didn't like about that show was that it may be too long, that it might have like taken too much from this already. Mm-hmm. And, and just prolonged kind of what people already knew was going on. And this, I wonder if that's going to be similar with the criticism here. Well, I mean, so far, do you, do you want me again to the reviews? Or do you no, want to, we okay. can continue talking about just our first assumptions and presumptions on this show. 
One thing that I found strikingly contrast was to our last episode. We talked about the Orville New Horizons, yeah. right? And that's a family show. It's got mass appeal, cool special effects, straightforward t- storytelling. Yeah. Nothing about that <laughs> with this is similar. Uh, we see this show, Who Is It For? Definitely a niche audience. Cinephiles, people who respect early film and enjoy watching the inner workings of production. I that's honestly, not everybody. Just by doing research for this film, I think that it really was just made for people who were fans of the original arm of ep like when, uh, yeah but not the original the vampire no no i'm talking about the 1996 version um, it's just crazy how in the actual series how committed the director this renee guy seems to be wanting to oh. almost put the the vampires up identically to what it was back then it's the same exact way in the film in fact the film keeps the same director's name renee He's obsessed. it's renee in the film and i don't think it's any i don't think they keep any other person's name from the film to the tv show except for the director oh, so mira's name oh yeah because you just said maggie right so maggie yeah. and mira I'm, I'm not sure if it's so, that way but yeah renee is definitely does maggie have name. the same plot line as mira does no because maggie's plot line like i said it gets very experimental like especially is it like being john through. malkovich almost yeah I I would, I would say it's it's fair to call it that. I think it, people who want to watch this series yes. should watch the movie first because you will understand why it's kind of doing certain choices the way that it's it's being planned out. Yeah, you know? that's a good recommendation. I wonder if the director would actually want you to do that too. I think he does because it's made by the same person who wrote and directed the 1996 film. Did, I was really did you surprised see that who produced it. Uh, because that was where yeah that's where i was like okay this can't be too much of a surprise if it ends up being really wonky a24 the same people who bring us ex machina uncut gems minari lamb x everything everywhere all at once just oh the moonlight you know Mm -hmm. they just go on and on ironically though their tv shows have not been the same weirdness the two tv shows that we've seen mr corman and Moonbase eight i forgot mr corman was a 24 Moonbase eight yeah that's a surprise to me because that's just like some cheesy comedy isn't it yeah but would you say this is a comedy as well uh i know the movie was but when you look on the wikipedia page it doesn't list it directly as a comedy it's a thriller there which doesn't make too much sense to me yet um i'll disclose now that i don't have a rating for this episode having seen the full one uh, if ever there was a show that I wish premiered more than one episode to, to begin with its first week, this would be it. You will know pretty fast if you're not the target audience for the show. So there's that. But so much setup is happening in this first episode that I feel that I can't get a proper gauge on where the train is headed. In so fact, therefore, you're going to watch the rest of the series, right? Not the rest of the series, but I will maybe tune in for the next episode. The trailer at the end of the first episode actually gave me more understanding of the show's entire premise than like what was going on in this first one the first episode has three different storylines which are pretty simple but again you just can't ascertain where the whole show's momentum is is going Mm -hmm. um you got purposely so yeah and you can't get mad at a tv show for wanting to do that to do setup in the first episode so i can't mark it off for that um, the three storylines that we have are Alicia Vikander. She plays Mira Harburg. And I really couldn't tell between the two actresses, uh, her fictitious version of herself, Mira Harburg, and her in real life. Like, who is more famous? It seems to be of equivalent fame. She's I was in- just about to say that. I was a little confused why Alicia Vikander didn't just go with, like, her actual name, much like how Maggie Chung did in the original. Well, I don't know if Maggie Chung was as famous as Alicia Vikander is now. Well, the thing is that, like, Olivia Assayas, the director of the original film, and also, again, the writer and director of this TV series, him and Alicia Vikander both said they did not want to make a sequel 
sequel to the show, but uh, or to the Oh, film. that's my first question, though, is does the movie exist in this world? I tried to do a lot of research trying to figure out that question. I never got a clear answer, but I don't think it does. Neither do I, which is so strange because the rest of the world is so up to date. It's got COVID. It's got Gandalf right. and, and Harry Potter. It's got a bunch of stuff. It's got extra superhero movies. Well, that's why before I saw the TV series, I was a little confused. And I think it would have maybe been a smarter ploy to maybe make the movie actually exist in the TV world because the movie is making fun completely. It's a satire of fr the French uh, kind of film industry. So the movie is funnier. Right, right. Yeah, I'd say at this point. Uh, it, but it's making fun of like the French film. And mm -hmm. I was thinking to myself, well, if they were to maybe make this series, this series based in the US and then make fun of Hollywood, uh, like maybe that would have been no, like- No, I like the idea that it took place in France. Yeah, but like when you think about it, Hollywood- So much makes fun of Hollywood. We have, that's, that's an easy well, trope to go for. A lot of movies make fun of Hollywood. I don't know how many TV shows make Herbie fun enthusiasm, of Hollywood. Entourage, 30 Rock. I have a whole list those are, here. Yeah, those are things that They're center. all very meta. And, and so, okay, there's easy stuff to understand in this TV show, and there's complicated stuff to yeah. understand. But that's the easy stuff. That's like a show or movie talking about show business. They're a dime a dozen. You've got the ones that I just listed. You've got movies of like The Bubble, uh, Tropic Thunder. <laughs> Unbearable Weight of Mass. But they're always talent. like comedies. This is... This is a, a little different because it does feel a little bit more dramatized. Yeah, no, and it also Irma Vep, the 1996 film, it's completely meta. That's the whole point as to why it was made. And I should also say that it got really good reviews, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7 on IMDb. I think in Hollywood, it's kind of like a maybe unknown classic because it, it, a lot of like, like directors, a, cult, a lot of directors, a yeah, a lot of people that are in Hollywood know about the film and they really like it, but I haven't, I hadn't heard about it before they were making a TV show on it. That's not all too surprising if you think about how French cinema has had such an impact on the rest of film in America and everywhere else. But like even in this episode, Rene, the director, when he's talking to Mira, he's talking about the history of filmmaking. And in 1916, how in America you had uh, Perils of Pauline, where it's the damsel in distress. And a lot of movies would have that same type of right. character being played. While in France, they were ahead of the curve because they were already introducing the femme fatale character with Irma Vep and how she was like this sedu seductress, not afraid of her femininity. But at the same time, she was like this evil mastermind. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing more that people in Hollywood like now than to look at themselves in the past and be like look how amazing we were you know like give, give yeah. each other a little round of applause that's exactly it and a main focal point of the arm of that film uh you wouldn't expect it was actually the costume like the costume was a huge part they, they mentioned always, the costume in yeah, this first episode they were all they were always asking maggie in the film they compared her like to scarlett to, johansson right yeah well actually in the film it's michelle pfeiffer's catwoman that's what they make and they make it out of latex here it was different it was different type of uh fabric. yeah it was supposed to be very comfortable but also it would fragile be fragile yeah, yeah. Um, which doesn't really fit with how are you going to shoot an entire film? They never answered that. They were just like, we have this prototype ready for you. And they, they never answered how that's she actually, wasn't going to rip it. That's somewhat answered in the film. Oh, cool. <laughs> okay. So it'll probably be mentioned here. The three storylines, which don't necessarily have to do with the film that much, but more just the characters themselves. You have Mira Harburg and her relationship with this ex-employee of hers who ended up getting engaged to her director of her last film. It felt so soap opery that storyline. Her like, and Lori? Yeah. It seems like it's a big deal. Like, I can't see how they would have ignored they the storyline 
Well, it's, it's that not, in, that much in the film. Well, it's it's different in the film because here it's like they already had a relationship, right? Oh, in the film that 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 between the two characters that she I think the referencing. Yeah. So like in the film, they don't have another assistant. No, in the film there is something between Maggie and a, and an assistant, but it hasn't happened yet. It's always like. But what I'm at. saying is like she has an an assistant after that affair. Like the one that's currently there is Regina. That doesn't, doesn't, yeah, yeah. So Regina doesn't 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 get a new assistant. Yeah, cool, understood. And then the other two plot lines: we have this relationship between Edmund and Severine, and they apparently were a couple beforehand. However, uh, they broke it off, and Severine doesn't want anything to do with him. Uh, She almost acts like they have a uh, what's it called a restraining order against him. Yeah, because but they're still stuck in this film together, playing a couple until she's murdered off pretty early on. However, he wants to have a sex scene with her that she's not into the director's not into it he's clearly got like a one-track mind here um he also says let's just bring in an intimacy coordinator um and i have heard more and more that those are part of the show so it's funny that they would make fun of them like that they don't actually do anything it it felt kind of weird well yeah nothing like that is in the film like there's no like yeah they updated it right yeah but like i i think that it was it was just like an uncomfortable kind of uh scene which definitely was not different so edmund's not like a back there's no backstory to edmund in the film no not at all how about the director because that's the third storyline there's director renee his interactions with the cast where he's calming them down that's very typical to hollywood however his issues with the insurance company (laughs) that was probably my favorite part because when they started listing off all the stuff that he'd done it's very french to be that dismissive about it just like oh it was in the heat of the moment like just let it go he reminded me sort of of henry wrinkler's character in barry a more competent version of him like i I, I can understand that yeah no renee was my favorite character in the film and he was also my favorite character in the tv series mostly because he's basically the exact same played by a different person though. yeah i i believe that the person who plays renee in uh in the film is like a really famous french actor okay um but like you could only make it more complicated if the director of the actual show and the movie (laughs) was also the director of that like i wouldn't put it past them no in terms of meta like the 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 film and tv series go like out of their way to make it as confusing as possible (laughs) so there's the easy stuff to understand and there's the difficult stuff to understand i have it broken down like this yes it's a little meta but it's a show about show business like we talked about before that's not really new there's also familiar tropes that you can at least attach yourself to if you're feeling really (laughs) confused you've got the eccentric director you've seen that a thousand times the entitled star actors wanting to change the script those are all stereotypes it makes fun of the industry. Again, a dime a dozen. They even make fun of Zack Snyder, it feels like, with the whole Doomsday reference yeah. and talking about characters named like Ragnar. So Alicia Vikander's character, Mira Harburg, is just coming off a uh, superhero movie where she plays a character called Nausicaa. Mm-hmm. Does the Maggie Chung lady, does she have a fresh movie off that she's... Of, yeah, in Hong Kong. Fresh, oh. off, fresh off of a movie in Hong Kong where, like, she's fighting frogmen or something like so that. So it is a superhero movie. Yeah, though. and in the film, she, like, shows up late to the Irma Vep set because the blockbuster went, like, three days over schedule or something like that. Do you see the red carpet for that premiere? Like, no. you saw the red carpet here? No, the, the, the film, it was shot, and I learned this all afterwards. Uh, the script took about ten weeks to write. They shot it in a month, no retakes, and it was on a <laughs> shoestring budget. So, it's, so after watching the film where it was, like, and I like the film. I think the film is good. But after seeing a very low-budget film and then seeing this, the TV series, where it's like they obviously did have somewhat of a budget. Yeah, they have more budget in the show here than I think the movie is supposed to have in the 
show that the show's showing yeah. the movie. Yeah. Uh, it's so <laughs> Okay, so then there's also the familiar trope of the paparazzi asking dumb questions and trying to put pigeonhole her into answering something that would get her in trouble. There is a scene like that in the uh, film, but it's it's way more awkward because the paparazzi like almost goes after Maggie and I was expecting they that did to, a little bit, just not as hard. But like yeah, it's it's hard in the film. Uh-huh. Like she like the paparazzi is almost It feels like mad. she's famous enough that she has sort of uh bouncers to push people away if that yeah. was to happen. And also maybe the culture's changed in the last twenty some years. Uh the worship culture of famous people certainly hasn't though. Yeah. Because that that's still overblown and and I don't like it. <laughs> but she is shuttled around and shuffled everywhere and she's a famous person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it also has that foreign film that we're very familiar with, um, the French vibes. Uh, plenty of subtitles where only French is spoken. Completely like the film. Yeah. yeah. Interspice. The swanky uh, hotels, the fancy meals, European aesthetic. Like, it's it's all there. Oh, they yeah. They even thanked the opera house and the airport, not Charles de Gaulle airport, but like a different France airport at the end of the credits. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, but it was cool because that just means they filmed on location. Mm-hmm. And I think that when they showed the scenes from the 1916, that was the actual 1916 footage. Yeah, and, and they do that also in the film. I wasn't sure if they would recreate it. But then there's also this Atlanta episode that we saw recently that was <laughs> doing the Amelie references. So it was two French episodes. This like we've done 300 some episodes of this podcast and that's never happened <laughs> yeah season three finale uh, they were missing alexander skarsgård if he had made an appearance i would have loved that um well there is supposed, reference to i won't Atlanta say who well. it is but there is supposed to be a cameo appearance justin by someone very bieber. famous later on in the series and it's not justin bieber <laughs> okay now we get to the complicated part of it irma vep as a character they spell it out for you she's this elusive criminal mastermind however even though she's the titular character she's not real She's not even the main character. She's the one that the main character is playing. But like when the main character is just a fake version of herself and it's not the first rendition of Irma Vep, it all just gets super confusing <laughs> that way. Also, the director seems so obsessed with this Louis Fulade's original uh, series that it made me want to go back and check how like that did. And apparently it was panned. When it first came out, it's gotten a lot of acclaim since, but it was panned. And it's funny because they called it dated. 1915, (laughs) some critics were out there being like, this is way too 1906. (laughs) This this feels like it could be 10 years old by now, which which is hilarious to me. They were comparing it to films like Birth of a Nation, though. And now, 100 years later, Birth of a Nation isn't looked at too kindly. And this film is being regarded through other films as one of the best films. I like, Rene is obsessed with Louis Fuelades. I can't pronounce his name, but the person who originally made it. So I think Olivier Assayas just loves that film so much, though, like The Vampires, because he... Because seven he, hours. He said, well, yeah. seven hours, but also he said that when he was making uh, the film, there was a lot of stuff and he really liked making a tv show because they needed more stuff and he's always able to write more stuff but with film you always have to cut a ton and he said that because of that he had so many ideas that he was able to put into the tv series just based on that film alone making the eight episode tv series he said was really easy yeah but it just feels like they put a mirror in front of a mirror in front of a mirror in front of a mirror so it's just harder to tell especially when you include fake marvel movies and stuff (laughs) in there and I did like that the director of the fake superhero movie uh, also had made a, a film called Gorgon, apparently. I, I just kept on thinking of Gorgonzola. I was like, <laughs> how cool would it be if that was about cheese? <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then you have Mira and Lori's relationship, which feels like the biggest deal in this first episode and made it hard to tell if this was about their relationship.
relationship more than the actual movie being made. Yeah, and, like, it ended it with, like, it's this supposedly, like, dramatic scene between the two of them. Also that, yeah, with the dramatic scene between the two of them. Where, like, uh... Where she's like, I got you wrapped around my finger or whatever? Yeah, where she's at the bar and then she stays for, like, a couple minutes and then leaves. Oh, yeah. I like that interaction more so than when she stopped by the set and then she was having her, like, spin in front of her. Very that strange. felt so... Yeah. No, it felt like HR would get some letters about that. Like, if anybody had been walking by... Like, she said, oh, they're looking at me. Yeah, but they can probably hear you guys, too. Yeah, but they were both... It wasn't even flirty. It was more like intimidation. I don't know. It was... It was her trying to take the control, Lori trying to take the control, which I think she already has, away from Mira, and Mira liking that. Yeah, there was nothing like that in the film. It's not as candid as that was. If it had just that been was. that the entire show, I probably would have given it a lower review. I probably wouldn't like it. That's why I wasn't sure if next week, if they're going to continue on that pace and just have it be about them the entire time. Um, I don't have I any probably research. I don't have any research on that, but I feel like just because of how much it was in the first episode, it probably will be. I think that there's enough going on with where they have to go from what you're saying with the film. There's plenty of stuff that it's going to get into and trippiness and stuff Probably, like that. Yeah. That it's it, this relationship will will run its course. Plus, Lori is supposed to be going back to um, America, right, to do something. Like oh, she's yeah, not yeah, hanging yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, or yeah. she's going back to Los Angeles. Good. The reason why I was talking earlier about this TV series possibly being a comedy is because Alicia Vikander said that she had been wanting to do a comedy for a long time, but was never given the options to because of all the roles she's taken with things like Ex Machina and just doing a ton of dramatic roles. So when she heard not only that she was going to be working with Olivia Assayas, who she really liked, they did an interview together where it's like she really liked the Armavet film. Uh, they knew each other because at one point she was supposed to be recast for Kristen Stewart and Personal Shopper, which was another Olivia Assayas film that he was doing uh but she really wanted to take this role because uh the comedic route it's not like she's cracking too many jokes in this though yeah but it's supposed to be a satire on film i guess it did remind me of the bubble a bit it was it reminded me of stage the beginning of season two where it was like they were being the so David Tennant series yeah where they already made season one of staged uh-huh. but then they were actually making season two she is pampered and they do show her like kind of like demanding starbucks and her assist her assistant regina was actually one of my favorite characters as well she didn't really put up with too much of mira's crap and she was just there i mean the the show overall has gotten pretty good reviews as 100 percent on tomatoes a 7.1 on imdb and npr called it a show business version of downton abbey hmm. uh, vulture gave this show four I would out of five not compare this to downton abbey i don't see it as downton abbey I see it as this show that came out in like 2015 and I think it ran until 2018 called Unreal, which was supposed to be like a behind the scenes version. It was fictionalized, but it was a behind the scenes versions of how they make a um, reality TV series. What was that one series starring the girl from the vampire show? Oh, Flack? Yeah, that was a darker take on like the inward workings of a of a production company. And it was dealing with like all the crazy drama behind set. And uh, not in a necessarily always funny way. So I, I guess that's how I would relate to, to the show. Way more than da- Downton Abbey. I know that there was a character that we haven't met yet called Eamon. He's playing by Tom Tom Sturridge. They talked about him. Yeah, he was originally supposed to be cast with uh, Jared Carmichael. Huh. But because of scheduling conflicts, he wasn't able you know, to do it. Uh, Jared Carmichael, the Carmichael show was an A24 production. So that would make sense. Was it really? Yeah. I, but it was on like CBS and had like a laugh track, right? As I said, they did Moonbase A2, so nothing surprised me. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, so he's going to be part, or he was thought to be part of yeah, the show. Yeah, the scheduling much. conflicts, and so now it's Tom Sturridge. But right. uh, that's about all the information I really have. I had a random thought. At the beginning of the episode, uh, they did a trailer, like they always do at HBO Max, um, for the Time Traveler site, which we'd already seen. <laughs> yeah. And it was really funny because I'd just written down the name of the episode uh, that we were doing here, The Severed uh, Head, which the reason for that is because it's the name of the first episode or first part of the original vampire movie. Right. And also deals with the detective or deputy sheriff or something chief something that gets his head opens up a box and there's a head in there no he is the head yeah yeah the separate head uh yeah but anyway so the time traveler's wife ad popped up and then i was like at the end of that first episode his feet are completely cut off they're (laughs) severed so it's like severed feet followed by severed head I, i was thinking severance i was just waiting because of how many times they were saying severed i was like no one's saying severance and that's just what i'm most used to well the thing that interested me was then the first scene of the show was talking about nausicaa the person who mira plays in that doomsday movie in the superhero movie and they keep on asking her about how she killed her husband by slicing his testicles and then cutting off his head or something slicing his head and then cutting off his testicles that's what it was and it made me think what if the time traveler's wife twist was that the person who cut off his feet was the wife. <laughs> it's somehow, it's like it's in a It somehow multiverse. fits. <laughs> it somehow might actually solve the entire mystery. So uh, even if that's not the case, they should go back and rewrite it and reshoot it and send that out there so that they can all like co- have a cohesion of HBO shows. All right, that'll be where we end it. Thanks for listening. Sorry for the rant. Bye. Bye. Bye.